This is Amber. And this is Shannon. And you're listening to Twin Beats, the Chicken Fanatics podcast. It's fucking great. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Twin, Twin Beaks, Beaks Chicken, Chicken Podcast. Podcast. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let's get started with the show. I wanted to, you know, um, every time before we do the show, we do a bunch of research and looking at, for things, and I try to find stuff that's fun to put on the show, and we get, I get, I look at a lot of videos of uh just different all sorts of funny things like from all over the place and i can't use them for the show a lot of times because they're visual or for different kinds of reasons so i was just thinking i'd mention that um i've been posting those on facebook on our uh, twin beaks page uh the chicken church i think it is which is the group page as opposed to the other one and um yeah, people should go check that out because lots of good stuff that I can't use on the show, but it's still fun to watch. It is. It's amazing. There's currently one up there of these Indian musicians, and they're playing in a warehouse full of baby chicks. And um, the chicks are just rushing up to them. It's like they're enjoying a concert. It's really incredible. Groupies. I really got a kick out of it. <laughs> Groupy chicks. Yeah. What was it you said about them? Uh Oh, I said the Beatles have nothing on these guys when it comes to hordes of screaming chicks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got way more chicks than the Beatles. They got way more chicks. These chicks are totally enthralled. I bet those chicks would probably like some Beatles, though. Yeah, they like to eat the Beatles. <laughs> Not listen to them, though. Eat the Beatles and watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, go on and uh, check out our Facebook pages and uh, see all the chicken madness that goes on there. There's other people that post stuff too, so there's always stuff there to see, even for us. We mm -hmm. never know what's going to show up on there either. <laughs> uh, let's see. Later, um, after we get through the main subject of the show I wanted to talk about and maybe you can remind me in case I forget Amber uh, I have a contest planned Ooh. I've been working hard on something to give out to you guys and I'm, we're going to talk about that later um, after the show topic but before that we need to do the chicken update so Amber What's new with the chickens? Well, I noticed one of our ladies, our Barnavelder, and she is the one who has always kind of had problems since she was a chick. She's had a crooked tail. She's just been at the bottom of the pecking order. And I noticed recently her uh, bottom was sticking out a lot, almost like sagging, like a chicken sag. And when I picked her up, it was very swollen and of course I was really concerned at first I thought she had a uh, she was egg bound I researched that because that's I, a common yeah it's very common I did all the problem 
So I researched that and realized that wasn't the problem and um, looked into quite a few other things, which we're going to talk about later on today in the show. But it turns out she has ascites, which is a genetic condition. Um, any chicken can really get it. There's certain things that can contribute to it. So um, we've been figuring out how to help her. So that's that's been taking up a bit of time. It's been interesting. I've learned a lot. I'd like to share with you guys. Yeah. Um, is that the one with the crooked tail? Yeah. There's this sort of funny thing I've noticed where it seems like there's one bird in particular in the flock that it's almost like if something's going to go wrong, it happens to that bird. Mm. Yeah, they they just would... end up being high maintenance and problems. And uh, and it's strange because it's almost like it's it's things that you wouldn't necessarily relate, like uh, injuring its tailbone when it's a chick and ascites. You yeah. Know? And then just Although all I the guess others. it's the same general area, so that's kind of a curious thing too. But mm -hmm. I mean, that's just correlation. But yeah, yeah. Any, I don't know. Just a kind of one-off comment of I noticed that it always it seems often the case that there's just one bird that's like a problem magnet. Interesting, huh? Um, yeah. So that's the chicken update. Um, I think uh, we'll probably just leave that at that and save the rest of it for the main body of the show and um that's pretty much it for the chickens they've just been being chickens other than that right yeah they've been doing really good though they are just laying an insane amount of eggs to the point that we have to give them away we're kind of a household of let's see four people and there's just too many for us to consume even when we try so yep we got six chickens and they're they're just producing like crazy. Um, yeah, there was something I wanted to mention about that with the eggs. Mm -hmm. uh, have I ever talked about rubber stamps on the show? I don't think so, no. Okay, so one of the things that I wanted to suggest that I thought about in terms of us having so many eggs is, of course, people might like to sell their eggs. Mm -hmm. And one thing that you can do is kind of turn your chicken egg into a business card. Mm. And... Um, you buy a you can buy a piece of sheet rubber for like a rubber stamp mm -hmm. and carve it yourself with um well all sorts of things really but an exacto knife and mm -hmm. just carve some sort of emblem or your logo or whatever into it find um food safe ink and stamp all your eggs yeah and not only uh, is that nice for you? Because a lot of people that sell eggs reuse cartons that aren't necessarily ones they've had made and printed, which you can do and is not very expensive. You can mm -hmm. check that out on eBay, for instance. But um, if you don't want to do that, you can just stamp your eggs. And that actually, uh, if your friends want to give eggs to other people, um, then... Yeah, right. So you could just give away eggs to your friends, for mm -hmm. instance, in profusion, if yes. you happen to have them. And what probably <laughs> will eventually happen is your friends will be like, man, I don't need two dozen eggs a week. <laughs> um, and you're like, don't worry, just take them and give them to somebody. Mm -hmm. And you have your logo on there. And then that, um, you know, creates a sort of supply chain where they those people will come and find you. And mm -hmm. yeah, so that's yeah. one way to... Uh, and, you know, for instance, if you have a farm, 
then your eggs actually become a card for your whole farm and your other products. That's pretty cool. So it's a very cheap thing to do. So I just thought I'd throw that in there real quick. Cool. That's mm -hmm. neat. So, Amber. Yes? What have you got for our cabinet of curiosities? Oh, yes. This is a very curious episode because we talked back uh, a few episodes back about a French artist who is doing an installation. His name was Abraham Poincheval, and he was attempting to be the first human to hatch chicken eggs with his own body heat. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about this on, on the previous show about what our predictions were. We were pretty skeptical about whether he could accomplish this or not. So let's set it up for people again in case they haven't seen the story. What is this guy doing? Is he at home? Is he... He's in a, in a um, art gallery museum. Does he have a big nest? Uh, essentially, he is in a sort of vivarium, a glass enclosure and he is sitting on top of a stool with the eggs underneath him. And it has to be kept at a certain humidity in there and a certain heat in order to hatch the eggs. So he's basically was sitting wrapped in a blanket in this thing on top of these eggs uh, all day long. He only got up for half an hour break each day and was eating all kinds of foods to raise his body temperature so that he could get it hot enough to attempt to hatch these chicken eggs. And he was doing this for three weeks. So, like, imagine uh, a large-sized child's potty chair mm -hmm. where instead of the little, I don't know... Tray. Tray thing, you pull, bowl thing that you pull out on the bottom, there's, a, like, a glass bowl. It's almost exactly that, like a commode. That's affixed to the seat, and the eggs just sit in this glass bowl under this guy <laughs> wrapped in a big blanket in a vivarium at a, um, in an art museum. Yeah, for everyone to watch, he's, he has it videotaped. You could watch it 24 hours around the clock, I think. And, yeah, he didn't even... He had some sort of system set up so he wouldn't have to get up to use the restroom. The only time he yeah, got up off the eggs was half an a hour. a bottle sitting next to him. Yeah. yeah. Me, me and Shannon predicted that he wouldn't be able to do it. Our concern was that he wouldn't be able to get his body temperature up high enough to yeah. incubate the eggs because the chicken's body temperature is over 100, I believe. So Right. Yeah. But at any rate, he did it. He hatched at least one chick, and I haven't been able to find more information as to whether he was able to hatch all of the chicks. That has been avoided in a lot of the um, articles I've read, so I suspect yeah. maybe only one hatched, but I'm, I'm going to dig into that more and find out for sure. We are busily scouring yes, the media we must know. for information I'm, pertaining to this yeah. crucial matter. I might even call that museum up myself or something. Email them. I want to know what happened to those eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that he did it at all is pretty amazing. He had one chick. He said he's never going to kill it, harm it. He's going to send it to his parents' house where it's going to live a very happy life. Well, so the thing was I'll that farm. the um, as soon as the chicks started hatching, the media had their big oh my gosh, look at this, and they wrote all their stories, mm -hmm. and then they never did any follow-up. Mm -hmm. So we don't know that they died 
or mm-hmm. that they hatched. It was just yeah. sort of like, oh, the eggs have started hatching under this artist guy. Yeah. And what... what? So maybe the rest of them hatched out over time. Maybe they all died. We don't know. Yeah, I want to know what their health was like. And, um, you know, I know things had to be kind of exact for chickens as far as their development inside the egg. So I'm curious, did it did it just hatch and live? Did it hatch and thrive? Did it hatch and have problems? I'm very interested to know. Yeah. So basically, the further away you get from optimal temperature when you're hatching out eggs, the higher your losses are. So mm-hmm. it might be that he just like barely scraped by an optimal yeah. temperature and managed to get one to like hatch. Maybe just one was hot enough in the mer- in very middle or something. I don't know. But it's a pretty weird story. You know, a lot of people don't really like that this guy is doing it because they sort of feel like the eggs are all going to half develop and die. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, that's kind of a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, you know, if you've ever had chickens and just left them to their own nest making plans, they half hatch out eggs and abandon all the time just mm-hmm. left and right constantly so in the grand scheme of things yeah pretty exciting i just thought it was funny that the experts all declared that it was impossible mm-hmm. and then he went and did it yeah i almost like that at least one hatched just yeah. to say yeah. hey look this is the impossible can happen yeah okay well, a lot of people are probably listening to this going, oh, my God, this is such a weird thing. It's Why so would you weird. care? I th- it's amazing. Mainly we're preoccupied with its weirdness. Yeah. This and guy I tried sat to do in this. a glass box in an art museum for months mm-hmm. to just. What What were some of the other weird things this guy he He's... like lived in a inside of a bear sculpture? Yeah. All of his installations seem to be centered around isolation. And this is another one where he's isolated, kind of trapped in a a scenario of some sort. He put himself inside a giant, huge granite boulder or something like that, where he only had, like again, some system designed so that he could relieve himself and like little food packets and kind of nothing else, not even room to move around in there. And he did a bunch of other things like that. He walked um, across some country in a straight line, which means like he didn't go around anything. He walked across it, whatever was in the way he had to go through it. And uh, yeah, he lived inside of a giant like taxidermied bear and uh, just all this really bizarre stuff. I think it's sort of a theme of experiencing what it's like to be things that we assume you can't experience Mm. being like what is it Mm. like to be a hen what is it like to be a message in a bottle what is it like to be a a rock oh yeah that's the thing he did he floated down a river inside a giant bottle or something like that and he stayed in there like for a long time very eccentric (laughs) the guy's so it looks like he's having an interesting life. I'll, I'll, yeah. He's obviously got... And he's married and he's got kids and stuff too. So he manages yeah. to do all this and have a, a active family life and pretty how, cool. How would you like to be those kids? My gosh. My dad just spent three weeks So what's your dad do for a living? Um, he's currently being a rock. <laughs> <laughs> he's been a rock for a couple of weeks. Not a rock star. Or maybe he is a rock star. Yeah. Well, he was famous for it. So 
rock yeah, star. Yes, he is. <laughs> Gosh, uh, the the children of artists. Her, her, her. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, what's el- what else do you have in the cabinet there? Uh, well, a new development in chicken behavior research where some scientists mm-hmm. have been studying the basically the patterns and rituals that chickens have throughout their days. The reason they're doing this is to manage the activities of free-range chickens who are in a farm setting so that they don't injure themselves and to help encourage them to make the best use of the environment that they have. They've found a lot of free-range chickens, for whatever reason, won't actually go outside. Um, So yeah, they're putting little tracking devices on them and watching what they do and seeing how they interact. And they're finding that chickens, although they have among them, they have very different routines individually their routines are incredibly predictable and they'll do the same thing every day if you watch them like they'll go on the bottom level of the you know farm then they'll go on the second level then down and do these little you know routines basically so that's that's kind of interesting they're they're pretty consistent Personally, it doesn't surprise me because I spent a lot of years stalking and uh, tracking wildlife. So, yeah, deer, for instance, are incredibly reliable. Mm-hmm. Hawks are very reliable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they kind of do the same thing every mm-hmm. day because, you know, so do we. Because our environment, you know, uh, it makes sense. We need to make money. Mm-hmm. We've learned that we can make money at work. It makes sense to keep showing up at work to make money instead of trying new places every mm-hmm. day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The food comes from the same place. Yeah. Conserves hawks, energy, I suppose, if something works. Then hawks repeat have that. good air currents, you mm-hmm. know, that are in repeated places, mm-hmm. perches, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I've always wondered about this, you know, because you see these <laughs> videos of like hundreds of thousands i don't know chickens pouring out of this big giant building out into this big open field Mm -hmm. and i always thought well you know then what yeah yeah. what do they do (laughs) just hey bob just like yesterday huh yep 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 hal frank you know (laughs) they all just hang out and it's just you want to run down to the other end of the yard no yeah it's it's always the same over there (laughs) you know so i kind of sort of imagine they just get into clicks and hang out or I don't know what they're doing but it would be interesting to find out and it doesn't really surprise me that some people are like ah outside I've seen it yeah it's so funny because as an observer of that it just looks like absolute chaos like there's no order to it there's no pattern to it it's just a bunch of chickens like bobbing around Mm -hmm. chaotically and Mm -hmm. um, to learn that they all those, all that chaos has a a certain order to it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, like if you've seen those penguin movies, you know, mm-hmm. where just giant ocean of penguins all standing there, and it looks mm-hmm. just like crazy, but they all know who everybody is, and yeah, there's amazing. an order. Huh. Neat. So they're tracking them, huh? Yeah, they're trying mainly. Um, the objective of this is to prevent injuries. 
Mm-hmm. They're going to try to arrange the space. And I think what they were hoping to do was see what kind of patterns the chickens had within their activities and um, try to create the environment or streamline it so that, or arrange it so that um, the chickens wouldn't be hurting each other because that's one of the biggest problems they're having with the free range chickens is that they get injured and then they're not um, healthy sure. and producing as much. But yeah. what they're finding is it it's total chaos, but well sure, yeah. if you just make a big square of grass and dump a h- hundreds of yeah, birds hundreds into of it. Chickens. <laughs> it's going to be chaos. Uh-huh. It should make them um playgrounds. Yeah, chicken playgrounds would be cool. Chicken playgrounds. And probably into smaller groups, you know. It's mm-hmm. sort of just I wonder how much of that injury is just too many birds running around banging into each other. I think it is probably a lot of it. Because my chickens never got hurt, and they free-ranged. Yeah. I mean, that I ever noticed. Yeah, yeah. I think it is just overcrowding, mostly. And they had stuff that they could get hurt on, too. My yard Mm -hmm. wasn't just a big, flat piece of grass. It Mm -hmm. It had stuff. Huh. Well, I mean, injuries did happen, but very rarely. Mm-hmm. Not like this is a some a Not problem. A problem. That we need to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too many birds. That'd yeah. be my guess. I think so too. Yeah. Well, let's see. Got anything to add to that one? No, not too much. I guess we can go into the main part of our show. Why don't we recoup and talk about what, uh, what happened? Let's do the yes. whole story. For our little chicken, uh, she had a swollen abdomen and mm-hmm. had to de- determine what was wrong with her. The first thing I tried to figure out was if it was a stuck egg inside of her. That wasn't the case. The treatments for that weren't working. And um, I did okay. a bunch of research on what it could be. So how did you decide that it wasn't egg binding? That one's very serious. So that was the first one that I decided to try a remedy for, even though I hadn't determined exactly what was wrong with the chicken. But they can die within a few days of being egg bound. I see. Uh, So first what I did is I gently felt um, her abdomen it felt large and squishy, kind of like a water balloon. I didn't feel any eggs in there, which sometimes you can feel the egg in there, but you don't want to do it too too hard because you could break it. So I didn't feel that. I had to put on some rubber gloves and actually feel around inside her vent really gently and see if I felt anything inside there. I didn't. Anything like an egg, you mean? No, nothing like an egg. Nothing. That's what you were feeling for? Yeah, but nothing notable. Um... I decided to treat her for it anyway and um, put her in a cooler that I had around and filled it with warm water and nestled her down inside of it. She seemed to enjoy it quite a lot and stayed in the cooler. Once she was in there, I didn't have to, you know, restrain her or anything like that. She just relaxed, enjoyed the bath. So I did that, uh, you know, once a day. That's supposed to relax the chicken's muscles enough for the egg to maybe pass through. Yeah. And before I had done that, I had put um, on my finger some Vaseline inside the vent so to help uh, lubricate things so that the egg can pass through in case there was one in there I wasn't able to feel. 
so that didn't do anything. So in in lieu of having an assert uh, a certain uh, you know uh, diagnosis, you just said, well, there's no cost for this treatment Mm-mm. to you know the yes. chicken. The only thing that will happen is the chicken will end up cleaner. Yeah. So the chicken will get a nice, not? enjoyable bath. So, so. you did that. No yes. results. Yeah. Uh, decided it wasn't egg binding anyway. Mm-hmm. And then what was your next guess? Oh, well, then I started researching. Um, there's uh, egg yolk periodidis. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But that tends to be more of an infection um, from either malfunctioning in the way that the chickens are laying the eggs, they actually lay them internally and they get stuck inside. Or sometimes if an egg gets broken inside of them, Mm. the egg yolk is a great place for bacteria to grow and a really good environment for that. So they get an infection and that can be, uh, lethal as well. Um, Usually when the chickens have that, they seem visibly, um, you know, sick, distressed, fluffed up, lethargic, not eating, um, things like that. She didn't an have any of those symptoms. Almost all, I mean, if an infection gets bad enough internally, it almost always makes whoever has the infection look unhappy. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't run around acting normal when you mm-hmm. have a chronic infection. I mean, serious internal infection. Yeah. So I watched her and I thought, That you know, I know of. She's I mean. eating. She's going to the bathroom. She's actually, I started watching her and then the next few days, she's not laying a lot, but she was laying an egg so I could eliminate those two things. And the last thing was the um, ascites. Ascites is a genetic problem. So there's certain things in the environment that can help it along but um, usually the chicken is born with a tendency for this to happen and it has to do with high blood pressure or uh, liver problems and heart problems things like that the liver starts to not filter out and um, do what it should be doing so the chicken takes on a lot of extra fluids so is it a case that um there's a genetic predisposition for it. You could have it happen from other issues, like okay. if your if your um, bird ate poison mm-hmm. or a plant okay. of um, some sort mm-hmm. that it destroyed the that. liver, then it could cause that. I see. But or um, you could have a predisposition. Yeah, and it's usually it. a genetic. That's important thing that for- causes it for people that want to think about uh, controlling the genetics of their flock. For instance, a lot of people would just say, okay, this bird is out of the gene pool. Yes, you should with a bird that gets ascites because it is is passed on genetically. um, But you're not breeding. No. And you're a big softy. Yeah, so I'm going to take care of her. And um, yes, there's once the chicken has it... um, Vitamins and things like that can help a bit. Uh-huh. Um, I've actually been feeding this chicken milk thistle seeds and all of the chickens since this happened. And that is an herbal remedy that boosts your liver health. And it seems like it's maybe getting slightly better. I can't really say exactly. I'm not going to say it's working. But, but I'll, I will say that the chickens love the milk thistle seeds. They 
they think it's a treat. They get very excited. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so they love it. So there's um, no harm in feeding your bird those anyway. Yeah, so that's that's good. So if you're the kind of person that thinks that the cure for uh, this problem is a hatchet, uh, stay tuned to the end of the show anyway because we're still going to talk about some other things. Yeah. You know, because I just want to say, you know, a lot of people have the attitude with their birds that this is just, this means it's hatchet time. Yeah. I think of them so, more as little family members. So, right. Yeah. We'll yeah. take, we take care of them and stuff. Um, so you've discovered that your bird has ascites. Now yes. What? Yes. So now, of course, I've done some research on it and wanted to share it. Uh, with everybody, I'm planning to do a treatment where I use a syringe to actually drain the fluid out of the chicken's abdomen. I haven't done it before, and I do have some medical experience, but uh, I'm not a doctor, so you know I'm not in a position to recommend what other people should do if their bird has this condition. But there will be some good information I'm going to share with you, and you could research it further because for me. I can't afford to take a chicken to a veterinarian. So no. I'm kind of in a position where I have to do um, all the treatments myself and learn along the way, sometimes without um, anyone to show me what to do. And, um, you know, many times it's it's been very successful when I've had to do that for the birds. So it's definitely worth it to to give it a shot as long as you know as much as you can to do it right. And you feel confident, then I'm going to say something kind of cold and cynical sounding, but mm, okay. you know, chickens are a really good uh, livestock animal to experiment on medically. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't that sound terrible? Yeah. But no, listen to me, hear me out, because okay. basically the truth is that if you've got chickens on a farm, the life cycle you you're not keeping them around forever, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they're also cheap. You know, well, okay, so compared to like having horses mm -hmm. or cows, you mm -hmm. know, you can cut your teeth in the livestock veterinary world mm -hmm. on chickens. That's a good choice mm -hmm. because if you screw up, they're the kind of livestock that you kill regularly anyway. Mm -hmm. So you just, mm -hmm. the alternative is the stew pot anyhow, right? So sure, it's kind yeah. of hard to go wrong. Yeah. True, is what yeah. I'm saying. Whereas it's not you know, an, an expensive mistake, at least I guess is what you're saying. Right. If yeah. you do mess up and you try your best to help this bird and you just can't do it, then you could help them along their way and and uh you know. If you mess up on your cow calf's operation and kill something, you're gonna be really really sad. Mm -hmm. If you mess up on your chickens, that's sad, but you're out eight dollars instead of eight hundred. Yeah, you know, you may be sad, See what I'm but saying? it won't be an expensive sad. Well, yeah, and there you can have thirty chickens. How many cows can you have? Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe if you've got a big place, a lot. But yeah, you know. so that's a good that's a good point for people who have the um, more of the approach of just um, you know, dispatch the chicken. Or you know, instead of just oh that bird is defective, I'm going to take a hatchet to it. Um, you think to yourself, well. Why don't I try to save it just to practice livestock veterinary? Yeah. So, do, do your homework. Cool. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, don't be afraid 
to uh, go out, educate yourself on livestock veterinary, and uh, maybe don't just get rid of the bird if it's sick. See if you can fix it just yeah. to, you know, be good at that stuff because someday you might have some veterinary issue that's much bigger mm-hmm. and you don't want to just, you know, cull your, your calf because there's something wrong with right. it. Right. You could give them a second chance. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these skills that you might be learning by trying to help your chickens can um, cross over to other other animals. Wildlife. Wildlife, other yeah. livestock, even, even people, you know. Um, a lot of the bandaging, wound cleaning, stuff like that can... Um, Someday you might find an injured hawk on the road and yes. you can save its life and yeah. people will say, how'd you know what to do? And you can say, I used to have chickens. Say, my chickens taught me. My chicken, yeah, say that. <laughs> say, my chickens taught me. <laughs> I cool. learned the ways of chicken medicine. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, you haven't done the big needle plan. So, yes, it's been quite the challenge finding these needles, and you want about a 20 milliliter syringe, which is pretty big, because a lot of fluid is going to come out of the chicken. And you want a 20 to 18 gauge needle is what I've read so that it's large because there's a lot of pressure in there. So that's just going to, you know, let fluid start coming out and you can even get a um, catheter for the hypodermic needle so that basically you can use that to keep taking off the syringe part or you can just drain it into a bowl so you don't have to keep poking your chicken over and over which would be very very good and the reason you have to the reason you're going to have to do this is because when that fluid builds up enough it can actually um, drown the chicken in its own fluids it can get into its lungs and it can interfere with the functioning of its major organs so you'll have to do it I see yeah you know um, I've I've had birds before that had like a sag like that mm-hmm. and uh, I never did anything about it mm-hmm. because I thought it was normal. Ah. I thought it was the, um, it was an effect of them being older mm-hmm. and having laid a lot of eggs. Ah, yeah. Which I guess is probably kind of silly, you know. <laughs> um, so I don't know what happened there. I mean... Maybe they just got older and died, or maybe it was never bad enough to really kill them or whatever. Yeah. But. Some people on some forums had mentioned they had chickens with this condition where it would come and go. It would mm. get better. It might come back. Some people mm-hmm. said they had a chicken that had it, and then it resolved itself on its own. But typically, the fluid will keep building up unless you treat the underlying cause, which is probably going to be a weak liver or Mm -hmm. some other uh, cardiovascular issues some of them can't be treated so you have to take on a um, treatment program so that they can continue to live right so if you find one of those needles out there somewhere for sale uh, it might be worth getting one and hanging on to it just in case this ever happens because they're difficult to find, apparently. Yeah, very At least difficult. around here. Yeah, yeah. I suspect if you live in more rural areas, they're actually easier to find. I do, too, because I've been looking at places that supply medical for humans, not livestock. Right. 
So yeah, might be worth looking around to see if you can find one in advance. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is a problem that's not very common, but you may run across it if you have chickens long enough. Well, like I said, you know, I've I've seen the symptom. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So now mm-hmm. when you see a chicken like that, you um might know where to start as far as treating them. And uh, I did notice the pictures I saw online of the egg-bound chickens. They kind of like waddle like a penguin and have a weird mm-hmm. upright posture. So that's one of the things that might clue you into like what's wrong. they look uncomfortable and are overloaded yeah, with eggs. Exactly. Yeah, yes, yes. That makes sense. So, yeah. Um, so for the ascites, I use the milk thistle and we're gonna um, do the draining of the chicken which basically to just simplify the procedure you would have someone hold the chicken you want it so that their abdomen is downward um, so that the fluid is actually draining into that area and then you're gonna while someone else is holding the chicken you really want help because you got a big needle and you're gonna poke into the squishy part of the abdomen, not a hard part where there's muscle or bone. And once you poke it in, if you get it in the right spot, what should happen is fluid is going to start just coming out. You're going to fill up that syringe. And um, the, so, the pressure itself should, um, you know, start filling it. So you're going to have the syringe open so that the fluid can just pour in or are you Mm. like drawing you're gonna have it just the traditional way where it's gonna be as if you were drawing it like the plunger would be completely depressed but so you're actually pulling the plunger out you you will be but from what i've seen in the videos where they did this treatment the pressure alone Mm -hmm. from the fluid buildup inside is going to start coming into the needle or into the syringe so it shouldn't take much apparently if if you try to poke your chicken Mm -hmm. in a soft spot you know Mm -hmm. two or three times and nothing's coming out Mm -hmm. your chicken probably has another problem because it should be very apparent that some sort of fluid is going to start coming into the because it's pressurized it's in a space that wasn't designed to accommodate it there's a lot of pressure so it wants to get out and um, you can actually just, um, if you have a catheter on the needle, you can just drain this fluid out into a little bowl. And um, one thing I discovered is that you don't want to take too much of it out. So it's more of a draining action than a... Sucking pl- out. Sucking Yeah, you don't want to take too much out That's because... That's what I'm trying to get at. Aha, yes, yes. Okay. So you just want it to drain. You don't want to be pulling everything out of there or too much because... They can go into shock if you take out too much. And I don't remember what too much is, but you could probably, um, with a bit of research, find that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you're doing this, you um, will be able to tell what might be wrong with your chicken. Because if it's ascites, it's going to be a clearish to orange, light orange kind of colored, clear fluid. And that's from this sort of thing going on, ascites. Now, if it were... Uh, egg yolk periodontitis inside the chicken, it would actually look like a thick yellow, almost Infected. like egg, in, egg yolk stuff. Yeah. 
and then that's um, serious. And if it's become infected for some reason inside there, you might find something that looks like pus or even a dark, mm, nasty color. So the color of what comes out can really be informative as to what's wrong with your chicken and how serious it is. And if they've got an infection, they're going to need antibiotics right away. <laughs> so... Not for the faint of heart. No, it it actually is quite disgusting. But yeah. if you love your chicken and if, you know, right, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And um, it seems like uh, mostly if you have someone to help you. I sort of feel like I don't, uh, whatever anybody decides to do in that situation, I don't hold it against them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me neither. Me neither. This, these chickens with ascites, they are... It will eventually kill them, from what I understand. You can hmm. prolong it yeah. for quite some time. They can live a pretty happy life for a while, but there's something fundamentally wrong with yeah, them typically. Yeah, if this happens, you really ought to have a sit down with yourself and think about what you're committing yourself to mm -hmm. in terms of yeah. it, it's, it's a treatment, not a cure. It's a treatment, and you can't <laughs> um, keep intending to do it and then not actually get around to it because your chicken will die a um a very um horrible death of drowning in its own fluids so it would be almost kinder to put it out of its misery quickly so you have to determine if you are you you have the what it takes to do this kind of disgusting thing to your chicken <laughs> to help them so yeah yeah definitely a, a do it or don't do it yeah you should decide and just just um be clear doesn't with yourself. even sound like it's a realistic thing to take to a veterinarian because if you're going to have to do that regularly it's mm -hmm. going to cost a good chunk of change i imagine mm -hmm. and then to keep going back how often did you say um every six months every but six months yeah so how or many hundreds of dollars a year is that chicken? Although I've heard a lot of people take the chicken at, for an initial visit to the vet, and this mm -hmm. might be a great option for some people. And typically, the vet uh, will instruct you on how to drain your chicken yourself. Yeah. And so that can be good. So if you don't have the confidence to do it on your own the first time. That's true. That might be yeah. a good way to go in this situation is you're essentially paying the veterinarian not to do it for you but to train you how to do it yeah yeah uh, that might be good for people that aren't so confident that could be really good starting to stick needles in their animals which i would totally right. understand oh me too i yeah. i don't feel um that's a big step it makes me nervous thinking about doing people it that but aren't there yet yeah and i have a lot of experience anything new kind of makes you nervous you know i remember the first time i gave an animal an injection uh -huh. i was nervous yeah yeah it yeah. was a very old possum uh. <laughs> you know how like when you learn to ride a horse they give you like a super old female that's been like used to ride kids around mm -hmm. for years and years and years uh -huh. and then retired her and that all that you know, this is the equivalent of that. <laughs> so I, I give this possum an injection, right? Uh -huh. And, you know, those things are gnarly looking. Oh, yeah. I was really those young. Teeth. I was really young, too. And I was just like, okay, here it goes. Pinch it. Now uh -huh. stick in the needle. Here it goes. And I'm just ready for uh -huh. anything. And it just lies there. Yeah. Like, whatevs. Actually, injections, surprisingly, <laughs> animals don't react to it that badly, If it's especially if it's just under the skin yeah. or 
they they don't freak out too much a lot of times. Well, yeah, yay, the fun world of injections. Yeah. All right. What what more have ye? Oh. In the way of knowledge. I forgot something that was. I put it together on my own, and I don't know if anyone else has ever mentioned this, or I couldn't find any information Uh-oh. on it. Is this breaking news? On no, it's just it's just my brain. Oh. So, <laughs> no, it's no news. It's just something I put together where there is a weed, and it's very very common um, in California, maybe in other places. It's called oxalis. It's like a mm-hmm. little clover. It tastes sour. Um, Sourgrass. Yeah, sourgrass. And it depletes, um, basically, it binds with calcium so that it is not available to your body and passes it through. Mm -hmm. So if you are eating it or an animal, your livestock is eating it, it could cause a calcium deficiency which in the bird bad in chickens which mm-hmm. is tied to ascites mm-hmm. and um, egg binding and all kinds of other stuff so uh-huh. I thought it was worth mentioning if your chickens are out there eating that all the time you might want to keep an eye on the um, their calcium giving them a little extra calcium or see if they have things happening that would indicate that they might have that as a problem and as far as I know there's been no research on this there's not too much information on it but i thought it was a really cool thing to think about and just mention yeah um so yeah if that stuff is getting started anywhere on your property kill it sour grass Mm. bad news Mm. bad bad news it's very hard to get rid of it can take over your whole property in mm-hmm. some places. It's not good for livestock. You mm-hmm. won't have any biodiversity. Bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad. Kill it. Mm-hmm. Is, but, well, you can. But it's so pretty. Yeah. You know, it makes all these little bulbs underneath the soil. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's hard for me to imagine the chickens eating the grass on purpose because it tastes not good. Mm-hmm. I could see them inadvertently eating the bulbs which are white and shiny and yeah yeah so maybe that's what's going on yeah so that's interesting um get rid of oxalis if you can for sure yeah so there's some with with all three of these things that could explain why your chicken is sagging or bloated or whatever swollen (laughs) um egg binding egg yolk peritonitis and ascites the good thing is is none of these are are contagious you can't get it from the chickens. that's a good one yeah you you can't get it the chickens can't give it to the other chickens so um yeah that's that's nice at least that you don't have to worry about that and um again with the egg binding um that can be caused from a calcium nutritional deficiency Mm -hmm. and one of the cures for it that they recommended was to um a vet will give your chicken a calcium shot and that will actually um, encourage contractions and help them pass the egg out. And um, one of the things I did for my chicken when I thought that this might have been a problem is I just took a mortar and pestle and a regular calcium vitamin, crushed it up, and mm-hmm. added it to her food. Um, so that's a good thing you can do. And then um, for that, again, it's not contagious. It can happen a lot with young hens who are just not used to laying. Eggs kind of get bigger and bigger as their bodies adjust and, you know, make room for 
larger eggs. Sometimes they lay one that's too big and it gets stuck. So yeah, what you do with that is just um, put on some gloves, lubricate the vent so that the egg can come out, kind of gently feel if there's an egg in there. And then you're supposed to give your chicken a um, warm bath. You can put Epsom salt in the bath. You could put relaxing herbs in the bath. Chamomile is recommended. And you want to do that for a few days and um, even make sure that the bird has access to a dark, quiet place where she can lay her eggs. Maybe even bring her inside because if the other birds are more bossy, she might not have an adequate laying place and that might contribute to her not being able to mm -hmm. lay her eggs. So yeah. do that. You want comfy birds. Yeah, yeah. So that that's how you would um how you would deal with that. For egg yolk peritonitis, which is a bit more serious, the chicken has something wrong with it where it's actually laying the eggs inside of itself but without a shell. So they sit in there and um, collect bacteria and get infected and there's not much you could do to treat that on your own at home. You'll have to leave it up to a vet and you'll have to catch it early. They might be able to do surgery, remove the egg yolks, and if it's early enough, they might be able to prescribe antibiotics. There's not a lot you can do, but you could at least, uh, as far as like feeling around in the chicken to see if there's an egg stuck, and then trying to drain the chicken, you could determine what might be going on inside there and make a plan of action from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doesn't sound uh, good. No. Yeah. No, it's not good. Yeah. At least you can do something about the uh, other problems. Yeah, yeah. And at least they're not contagious. That's always good news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's about it for these three things that you can look for if your chicken seems to be a little off kilter, a little swollen, stuff like that. So Sagging drawers. Sagging drawers. Your chicken's sagging. <laughs> it's not just because they're in the ghetto. They got something wrong. So... Hope this information helps you. Um, there's a lot more out there on this subject. You can really go delve deep into uh, all of these problems. This is a small, quick overview um, just based on my own research that I've, you know, had to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, quite the journey figuring all of that out. I hope folks uh, appreciate it. At least they at least you can have an idea of what to expect when that sort of thing happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. So, so you know, Amber, yes. um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I sort of feel like these days it, it just seems to get harder and harder to have time to sit down and read a book. Yes, it's true, isn't it? Very distracting world to do today too you know there's yeah. social media online news yeah. online this online that sometimes you almost feel guilty like Work, gosh i'm reading errands i should be doing something else <laughs> and of course spending all of your time with your chickens yes indeed which you know consider taking your chickens with you on errands or reading out loud to your chickens that's true but yeah i don't know anyway i've found it kind of hard to find time to read books and I bet most people do too I got to thinking I bet other people do too yeah yeah so um but I really do like books mm -hmm. 
especially antique books. Oh, me too. Yeah. It's kind of fun to see how people did things like raise chickens yeah. 100 years ago. Yeah, it's different. You'd be surprised. Yeah. It's hard to find them, though. Mm-hmm, very. And that's why um, last week I went out to the forest and found a um, abandoned farmhouse. Oh. And... Uh, fortunately the back door was open and yet mysteriously it was completely undisturbed and I found in this um, abandoned farmhouse a bunch of old books about chickens Wow, that's so cool (laughs) so I got to thinking to myself you know self you ought to um, maybe read the books but read them out loud and Uh record them so that other people could listen to them yeah because it must be much too fragile to handle i've been working on reading out loud this book called the big old poultry book and that's not b-i-g-o-l space (laughs) o-l big old poultry book no it's the big old (laughs) b-i-g-g-l-e poultry book and it's from 1895 Uh on how to raise chickens it's pretty cool. It's, it's been, really neat. It's been fun. So um, what I'm going to do is finish reading the whole book and make it available to uh, the listeners, the fans. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, you guys can go around in life doing what you do and get to listen to this book instead of having to find a copy of this book that's a 100 and some change years old. Yeah. And, uh what is that, like 125-ish yeah, years wow. old? And uh, I'm good at math, folks. <laughs> Public education for the win. Um, yeah, you can go around in life and listen to me and my fantastic voice uh, read this ancient chicken book. And it's kind of fun because it's um, described the the author describes the market in terms of <laughs> mod, of their pricing and uh you know the 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 handling of chicken farming has changed a bit in some funny yeah. ways it's, and what they consider to be large scale farming is just kind of like what you know like a hundred chickens or something oh so you know <laughs> the cool thing that people will probably like especially you homesteading folks out there um, the real hardcore do-it-yourselfers, is there was no chicken feed then. You did not just go buy bags. One does not simply feed the chickens. Mm-mm. No, not in 1895 big old poultry book Mm-mm. world. No, there's recipes. And you had, to, you had to cook it all for the chickens. You had to make them like the soup, practically. All, all sorts of different kinds. There's feed mixes. Yeah. And it's for different situations, too, like whether you're in breeding mode yeah. or putting on weight mode or yeah. chick mode. or. And it's it's funny, too, because it's, you know, one and one half portion meat. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. It's like, wow, whatever they're cooking for these chickens sounds really pretty delicious, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly better than here's a lifetime supply of uniform cereal. Yeah, and they're not going out buying the ingredients too much either. They're like they're talking about how to 
make all the elements of this feed on the farm and how to do that. So that should appeal very much so to people who are into self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. So I thought, you know, such a, since I have such a fantastic voice, mm. certainly mm. I can charge $50 a person <laughs> for this fantastic opportunity. <laughs> no. Um, no, what I was thinking would be cool, though, actually, is uh, I liked the pictures that we've gotten from people of them and their chickens. Mm-hmm, me too. So maybe we'll have some kind of photo contest yeah. thing where people can send us a photo of them and their chickens. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. I we'll have to, to work that. something out for people that don't have chickens. Like borrow some chickens. They could do that rent a chicken thing. Rent a chicken. Yeah. Maybe they just have to go find a chicken. You know what? I think if someone wants to dress like a chicken, <laughs> I would totally think that's fine. Okay. If you don't have a chicken, you could give us a picture of yourself dressed like a chicken. Send us a photo and we will judge you. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very um, PC. We'll enjoy you. We'll discern. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll discern if your photo... Guys, I've spent hours and hours reading this thing. So all I want is to see some effort in your photos. Yeah, it should be fun. And I've been really enjoying listening to um, Shannon read the story out loud. It's been very fascinating. And um, I think everyone will really enjoy it. It's um, just a little snapshot of a time that's long gone where things are just so different it's hard to even comprehend uh, yeah you know how they evolved into what they are today in the world of chicken farming it's really hard to read too because i don't know how to say this the mannerism of language is Mm. different yes so it's kind of easy to read somebody that writes in the way that you're used to talking Mm -hmm. but you know it's kind of like i don't know i guess maybe reading shakespeare yeah it is kind of like that (laughs) <laughs> Except probably not nearly as extreme. Not as, not as extreme. No, but not nearly as extreme. Yeah, there's some different language in it. It's kind of fun. It's like a vic- very Victorian. I've had to look chickens. up a couple words. Uh-huh. Hopefully nobody can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, send us your photos because yes. we need photos of our fantastic fans out there yes. and their fantastic fans feathered fowl friends and the more glamorous the better too yes please dress up we like please dress up and be eccentric yes we love that and pose with chickens we will barter with you some fine fine literature i will give you the key to victorian poultry farming right like you've never known it before and if it's a popular thing you know if i get a lot of positive feedback about how cool it was um i actually got a bunch of books that are antique out of print chicken books that I will go through and read and make my poor, poor Amber edit tirelessly for I love hours. It. I'm not looking forward to the editing, but That's I love it. That's because you never get tired listening. of my voice. Oh, it's so beautiful and soothing. Amber likes to listen to me say the same thing over and over and over again. Yes, all day. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so yes. Um, we will make an announcement in the future when that's ready. 
Uh, but that contest is coming, and I have another even more fantastic contest it's for amazing. which. Amazing. Oh, oh it's so great. One of a kind chicken opportunity. Oh, I mean, yeah. I guess this book is too, but. It's pretty cool. This is an even. This is an actual physical object that you yes. can hold and yes, use. Yes, yes, that's and right. And enjoy. Mm hmm. So, yes, de details forthcoming? Yes, yes. You'll have to. Uh, Tune in next time mm -hmm. to the Twin, Twin Beaks Chicken, Chicken Podcast. Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please check out our blog. Uh, please check out our Facebook pages. And please uh, let us know what you think of the show on iTunes, um, everywhere. Spray paint our uh, non-existent podcast logo on a wall. Mm -hmm. which isn't mm -hmm. a crime because it doesn't exist, so it wasn't defaced. Draw murals and chalk on the sidewalk. Yes. Just randomly go around shouting our praises. Honoring your love of chickens Please. and our podcast. Please. Please uh, do it. Let, let the chickens us know are counting on you. that you did that. <laughs> Thanks again, folks. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Linus Lemon's glorious ode to his chickens. I disagree with your postulation that Plato, in his adulation, tempted fate to concatenate the pontificating head of the Mesopotamian state. Now, I must inquire, dearest Esquire, what is your take? Hello, my name is Linus Lemon, and I have lots of chickens. They like to peck, they like to scratch, of course, when they're not pitting. My chickens like to lay me eggs, yes, nine whole eggs a day. I let them sit up on the couch, I'd have it no other way. They're intelligent and eloquent of the highest sort of class. They're biology, theology, philosophy, and maths. Their language is most interesting, with beauty and much grace. We've learned to speak the speak of this most noble avian race. These are my Lucinda Lynn, this chicken's name's Kareem. This chicken's name is Megatron, and Cordyceps Bogettis. Toaster, yo-yo, smackers jam, and this creepy one's a Harris. Who needs a cat? Who needs a dog? Who needs a goat? Who needs a frog? Why buy a milking cow? Why buy a sheep? Why buy anything? What chicken you make? Thank you.